0: and sports, some great NFL. Yesterday as well, the Super Bowl is set and uh, just a busy time. Girls sectionals begin this week. We'll know the boys' pairings here down the line in just a bit. And some very meaningful games as far as conference play and regular season play this weekend and a lot more coming up here over the next few weeks as well. Glad you're with us today. If you miss a live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison and you'll find us there. Let's look at the show lineup for today. A service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Segment one, in just a few moments, Kirk Manns, former Michigan State standout and a Seymour basketball coach and athletic director, is going to join us because his owls, who aren't one of the 4A teams that we talk about all the time on this show, uh, but his owls won a least a share of the Hoosier Hills Conference championship with a big win over Floyd Central on Friday night. We want to recognize Coach Manns and what he's done with the Seymour program and also talk about the HHC race this year. It's a great conference. And, uh, of course, Coach Manns being the AD and the basketball coach, they will host the Seymour sectional down the line, really just uh, less than a month from now. So uh, Coach Mans of Seymour with us in segment one. A little bit later in the show, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star, who's always with us on Mondays, uh, will be with us today. We'll recap the IU-Illinois game from Saturday. Another disappointing effort, I think you could say, by the Hoosiers. It was a game they were in uh, for a great portion of the contest. But uh, uh, down the stretch, uh, too much of what we've seen this season with Indiana as they fall short to the Fighting Illini. Later in the show, Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director and IHSA Executive Board Member, he'll be with us. We always talk local sports, a lot of basketball, uh, and more when Chad is with us on the show each Monday. And that's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check them out for a delicious lunch. They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily, and they will surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And don't forget to send us a question, a comment. IU football, basketball, local sports, whatever it may be, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Coach Kirk Bands of Seymour joining us right now. Coach, first off, it's been great to get to know you since you've been in Seymour. You've done an outstanding job with basketball and the entire athletics department. Congratulations on a Hoosier Hills Conference Championship. You guys really had some fun with that over the weekend.
1: Yeah, thanks,
2: Matt. It's been nice to get to know you as well. And uh, yeah, we did have a, a, a good weekend. And uh, um, a lot to celebrate here this weekend. Uh, and uh, a lot of good basketball teams uh, in our conference, as you were
0: talking about a few minutes ago. Absolutely. Coach, you guys were able to beat Floyd Central 49 28. It's the first. Hoosier Hills Conference Championship for your Seymour program, and that goes back in the history of the boys' basketball program in their time as an HHC member. Can you talk about what that means to the community, the school, and to you? Because when you came in as AD and then took over as boys' basketball coach, uh, you've really had to build the program up.
2: Well, I I just think it's it's an indication that we're going in the right direction more than anything else. Uh, it does validate a few things. it uh, it validates hard work and validates uh, being together and some things that we we promote on a daily basis here. And uh, we try to get accomplished. and uh, you know it uh, it validates that uh, you know once in a while you'll you'll get some breaks. We've just been fortunate this year. Uh, we've we've made some fortunate shots. We've gotten some fortunate stops. Uh, we played in five overtime games this year, and uh, you know, nobody, knows more than I do that uh, those games could have gone the other way with a, with a bucket here or a bucket there. So, uh, like I said, we've, we've been fortunate to make some fortunate baskets, get some get some big stops when we need to this year.
0: Talking with Kirk Manns, coach of Seymour High School. Coach, against the Hoosier Hills teams that we talk about all the time, that would be Jeff, New Albany, and Floyd Central, you've had a lot of success. I mentioned the win over Floyd Central Friday. Going all the way back to December 8th, you beat Jeffersonville in a thriller, 40-39, to beat the Red Devils, and then you really challenged New Albany right over the holidays, took them into overtime, and lost that game by two points. So you've uh, fared well against uh, some of our local Hoosier Hills competition this season, and that takes me to my next question you've been around the state with high school basketball you obviously played at michigan state had a great career there we'll get into that here in just a bit but um you you've seen good high school basketball and you've seen good high school sports communities and that's one of the things i think about the conference that is so great great basketball but even more so great communities that still really love and support their high school sports yeah they do and i
2: mean you're talking about where, where you're sitting right now when i when I moved back uh, into Indiana, I moved out to southern Indiana into this area. Obviously, this is my eighth year in Seymour. And you know, my first experience was uh, the Romeo time and uh, those teams. And uh, you know, I had a chance to, to host those tournaments here, uh, the sectional and, and the regional semi-state. And uh, uh, watching the New Albany fans file in and watching the Jeffersonville and Floyd fans file in and, and New Albany and Jennings for the sectional. Uh, was something for me to see, and it was it was it was really nice uh, to be uh, be in a place where uh, basketball is so important, and, and everybody has a lot of interest. So, you know, I was fortunate, uh, you know, eight years ago, and then uh, um, as an AD, uh, about three years later, there I, I started coaching as well. This is my fifth year coaching and uh, taking over the boys program.
0: Kirk Manz of Seymour joining us. His team won the Hoosier Hills Conference on Friday, at least a share of it. So that takes me back to the conference race this year. Coach, you guys are secure. You're going to either own the championship or share the championship, but there are some key conference games to be played the rest of the way that will determine how this thing ultimately shakes out. I think it's been a very competitive conference race this year. You obviously have been right in the middle of that race, ultimately going to share or claim the championship, uh, talk about the conference's health as a whole as far as boys basketball. I think it's been very good, very competitive this year. Yeah,
2: definitely. I, I think from our standpoint, um, we played three overtime games um, in the in conference play. We we lost in New Albany back in December, and we played an overtime game with Columbus East uh, back in uh, earlier January here, and uh, then we played another overtime game at Bedford just recently. So i go back to you know just our team we've, we've had some good fortune and, and been able to get those those timely shots to go in when we needed them or get those timely stops but overall the the conference is is a, a really strong i mean there's no other way to put it there are some big games yet left to play i'm interested to, you know jennings county has is, is only played two two league conference or two conference games up to this point and i know they've got a handful left i know that uh, uh, Bedford, uh, BNL still needs to play Jeffersonville, and I think New Albany. So uh, there's some interesting games left in it, and uh, you know, to say that uh, uh, you know that we're not happy being sitting here uh, finished up right now and uh, at five and one, and uh, it certainly is a blessing.
0: Kirk Mans of Seymour with us. His team claimed at least a share of the Hoosier Hills Conference on Friday for the first time ever uh, and as members of the Hoosier Hills Conference. Coach Mans, I want to look ahead to the sectional. I know your focus is on, I think you have five remaining games on the schedule for the Owls, but uh, as the director of the tournament, as the host of the sectional, uh, the 4A sectional there that involves uh, basically all Hoosier Hills Conference members, uh, I know everybody's kind of already beginning to think ahead to that as we get to early February. So uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about uh, hosting the sectional. You've got double duty as a coach and a host. It's a busy, busy week. And really, March is a busy time for you because Seymour has always been one of the great hosts of postseason basketball, sectional, regional, and semi-state as well in the Hoosier State. So what's it like to host one of these events where the big crowds come in, where you get to see these great communities and all the fans get there early? Uh, the, you mentioned the Romeo uh, days at New Albany where there were lines outside of the school hours before the gates would open. It, it's a lot of work to host this stuff, but Seymour has developed a reputation as one of the best in the state when it comes to uh, organizing and hosting postseason hoops.
2: Yeah, thanks, Matt. Uh, we do take a lot of pride in being able to host those tournaments and, and be able to uh, you know make sure that we accommodate our, our teams that are here and make sure that we can accommodate fans and uh, it is a lot of time and a lot of energy, but it's also a lot of fun for us. It's a really exciting time of year for any basketball fan, and and uh, you know I can't imagine that uh, you know over the years with uh, with the sectional and the teams that we have here and the and the, and the amount of fans that come through our gates here, I, I cannot imagine that uh, you know I'm not going to say that we're the best, but it's going to be hard to hard to duplicate that. And so the excitement that we have here year in and year out is is, is something to uh, uh, to really. Uh, watch if you've never been able to see it, and come and watch the excitement, and watch uh, watch how important uh, you know the community still take the game of basketball here in Southern Indiana.
0: Coach Man's uh, great stuff on Seymour in the conference, and obviously gearing up for the sectional. Everybody is about a month from now, but. I think we've had you on before, and I know this has come up, but obviously people uh, probably in southern Indiana, not only from Seymour, but would remember your name as a former Big Ten player for Michigan State, for Coach Heathcote there. So you had a great great career, a great finish to your career, I know as well, at Michigan State. And uh, reflect back maybe on those days and what Michigan State, the program, was like then and what it was like playing in the Big Ten Conference with some great coaches and uh, just always has been a great basketball conference for sure.
2: Yeah, well, at this point, you, you've got to be an old guy like I am to
0: remember <laughs> me playing. It's been a
2: long time. But, uh, I was fortunate there, too. I, I was uh, uh, fortunate to, to, to be at Michigan State during the time I was there, played with some, some great players. Um, Nineteen nineties when I finished playing, and, and we won the Big Ten Championship that year. And That went down to the final game to, to, to win that, and it was against Purdue. I remember that one. Vividly, and, uh, um, and like I said, played with some really great players. Played with Steve Smith. That, that's one that a lot of a lot of people will remember. And then the rest of us, uh, uh, I think we all thought we were better than we were because of him. To be honest with you,
0: Matt, <laughs> Coach Man to Seymour, I'm curious as as the coach of the Owls. Uh, how often you find yourself drawing back on things you learned from coach Heathcote and obviously from uh, the Michigan state program, even at the high school level, a lot of it translates and I'm sure that helped build a foundation for you as a coach.
2: You know, you know, Matt, I, I can go back to when I was in high school, I was really fortunate to, uh, to play for, uh, two high school coaches that really stand out. Russ Racky was the football coach in North Judson and Russ is still coaching. And, and, um, you know starting um, as an eighth grader coming to high school football playing for him it was a it was a, it was a, a culture that uh um, demanding culture and i really learned a lot about uh, growing up uh, at an early age there and his demands and that i was fortunate enough to play for dave mccullough and dave is still coaching dave's at uh, connersville right now so they were both young guys at that point and uh, but uh, but it started there and and then i was fortunate to uh, as a coach in the 90s, I worked for Bob Donawald at Western Michigan University, and, and uh, that's where I really learned how to coach and uh, to, to learn the details of, of what this is all about. And, um, and I certainly took a lot of what, what uh, we did at Michigan State, and they were all different, uh, but they were all the same, if that makes any sense to anybody.
0: Absolutely, that's Kirk Mann's boys basketball coach and athletic director at Seymour High School. And they won the Hoosier Hills Conference at least a share of it Friday night with a big win, 49 28 over the highlanders of floyd central coach it's always great to catch up wanted to recognize you i firsthand have seen the development the progress of the seymour program obviously love the hoosier hills conference we focus a lot on covering our local teams here in clark and floyd counties but i uh, wanted to include you today and appreciate all of the great insight and we look forward to seeing you here at the sectional uh just weeks from now it'll be here yep yeah.
2: Yep, enjoyed being with you, Matt. Appreciate
0: you. Absolutely. Kirk Mans of Seymour with us uh, here in our opening segment of our Monday show. Great guy in Southern Indiana basketball. Uh, came in as the athletic director. Uh, immediately you could tell a guy that, that was experienced and professional and uh, just a wonderful addition to the conference. And then later on became boys' basketball coach. He mentioned he's in his fifth year now. And uh, he's really built that program. And I'll tell you what, Seymour – hosting the sectional. I didn't ask him this, but it is an advantage. And I think that Jeff, if I had to list them out here because of talent and progress, I think the Red Devils have a great opportunity to win the sectional and be a front runner. But I would put New Albany 2A and maybe Seymour 2B as other teams that I think legitimately have a chance to win the conference. And Jennings County, I'll see them later this week, but great shooters. Uh, They can be in any game. They beat Brownstown earlier in the year. Had a chance to see Bedford on Friday, uh, obviously they can shoot it as well. A good team. They, they were overtaken a little bit by Jeffersonville's defense, I thought, in the second half. But definitely a uh, open sectional where, yeah, Jeff might be the favorite because of talent, but uh, there should be just great games and wonderful matchups Tuesday, Friday, and S- Saturday. When we get to that point, we've still got some regular season and, of course, the girls tournament this week. But the Owls, not only a contender and a winner in the Hoosier Hills Conference, I think they very easily could be a serious contender in their own 4A sectional as well. And just another quick note, just going to see more for different games over the years, whether it be with New Albany stuff or radio stuff the crowd it's it's a great sports community and they definitely have uh came out more in recent years with the turnaround and the success of the of the seymour program so it's just a wonderful place to be i always say this on the air lloyd e scott gymnasium in seymour it's my favorite place to be in the month of March, whether it be sectional, regional, or semi-state. Uh, just a wonderful memories, wonderful broadcast, great time uh, when I'm in that building. And I'm sure a lot of you can feel that way, resonate with that. Definitely a good place when it comes to basketball in our state. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will join. We'll break down Indiana's loss to Illinois. The Hoosiers in Iowa coming up on Tuesday that's going to be a big one and a tough one for this Indiana team who definitely needs some wins and they need some wins quick stay with us this is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison we're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison join Matt daily at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective
2: I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game.
0: Here's
1: Matt Dennison.
0: And we're back on this Monday show. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis star Always with us, Mondays, we talk IU basketball, football, and more. And, of course, we're going to start today with Indiana's loss at Illinois on Saturday afternoon. Uh, free throws, really bad, especially down the stretch. Perimeter shooting continues to be an issue for Indiana as they drop a Big Ten game at Illinois. And the woes continues, Zach, for Mike Woodson in this Indiana basketball program. Yeah, I mean,
3: if you were looking for... A response from, you know, just the the sort of sheer ugliness, frankly, of Wisconsin and Purdue. I think you probably got that if you're an Indiana fan, if you're Mike Woodson. Um, I didn't think Illinois played particularly well, but I thought Indiana had a fair bit to do with that, particularly in being able to match up with some of Illinois' lineups. And I'd I'd be fascinated, and, you know, only time will tell. I'd be fascinated to know what Mike Woodson made of the way his team played when he went small. Um, because listen, you know, Indiana's home road, three point shooting splits aren't great this year. They're, they're a lot better at home. Than they are on the road, which, you know, hardly makes them unique. Um, but of course is going to rear its head on a day when you go Oh of nine and you get outscored by 21 points behind the three point line in a game that was tied 62 a piece with what was that? 71, 72 seconds left. Um, on the other hand, I think, um, you know, it, it, if you're Mike Woodson, you at least needed to see your team play well. And your team maybe needed to see it play well. You know, just, just needed to feel that confidence again. That was a top 15 team on the road. It was a tough environment. It was a Saturday afternoon. It was packed in there really loud. And Indiana, I thought, handled the crowd well. I thought they handled the occasion well, the matchups well. They just, you know, didn't make enough shots. And, listen, maybe maybe ultimately that's part of what undoes this team. But I think if, if you're Mike Woodson – All you can do right now is look forward, you know, and and, and people like you and me can talk about quad one wins and we can talk about, you know, could you get this or could you do that? All Mike Woodson can do is just kind of take what he's got in his hands and keep trying to build it. And there was a lot more to, you know, build from, frankly, off that Illinois game. And now the question for Indiana is how do you respond? Okay, you missed these three quad one opportunities, obviously two of them on the road, but now you come home, in a couple of potentially winnable games in Iowa and Penn State this week, you know, can you at least be the sort of team that once you've sort of picked yourself up off the mat, you find some consistency, you win these two games, um, you know, you get back above the waterline in Big Ten play, and and maybe you give yourself a little bit of momentum. As ever, seasons are always just kind of defined by what comes next, and it's and it's going to be interesting to see what that is for Indiana.
0: Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, with me. Um, Text here from the Thornton's text line, and I'm kind of wondering this myself, but uh, I know you're on top of things as far as games left and where things stand. But are are we to the point, Zach, where Indiana's uh, chances of an NCAA tournament appearance are off the table. I mean, I know that crazy things could happen. This team could get hot. It could start this week with wins over Iowa and Penn State, two definitely winnable games, as you mentioned. But at what point is it, no matter what happens, too late to get any kind of resume that's going to be able to get in?
3: Yeah, I mean, they're certainly not in as of right now and not even really close. I think they've got two quad, two wins. I think what I would say is you know, the the, the reason this week feels kind of Pivotal, and we listen. I, I've been saying this for a while um, that you know, so these games feel like must wins, and at some point, you got to start putting some on the board. What makes this week feel particularly important is if you can build some momentum, then you can go on the road to Ohio State, obviously, a team that's really struggling, but that would still be a quad one win, that would still be a second Big Ten Road win, um, and that would maybe, you know, potentially open the. The road, if you want to say, if you can win that game and then let's say you can beat Northwestern, Wisconsin, Michigan State, all at home, hold serve against the Minnesotas, the Marylands, the Penn States, finish with maybe 11, 12 Big Ten wins, and then see if you can not add a little bit more in the Big Ten tournament. We know that the, the committee doesn't go crazy with what they see in the conference tournaments, but if you can add a little bit more then maybe you can at least get yourself to a place where your net rankings improved and you can get to a, you know, a, a, a selection Sunday with a little, a little help and a fair win with maybe seven, eight quad one and two wins. And that's not great. But as we say every year, you know, listen, there's, there's 68 teams in this field. Plenty of them are going to be imperfect. If you can get there with, you know, few, if any bad losses, and at least some, some good performances in a, in a tough conference, you know, a conference that we perceive is down, but it's probably still one of the, you know, two or three best analytics wise in the country this season. And, you know, you can, again, maybe add some quality on the back end, maybe you give yourself a chance. Um, But it does feel like, I mean, it, it, it's kind of one of those where like, I don't know if Indiana, other than maybe the Purdue game on the road, I don't know how many games Indiana can afford to lose anymore. You know, yeah, and, and so that—that's kind of where you've left yourself. Star. On the other hand, is you know, <laughs> are you really prepared to finish the season uh, ten and one? Because I don't think anyone would would say this team looks capable of that right now.
0: Oh, absolutely, Zach Ostrom and the Indianapolis Star. Uh, bright spots from the game before we turn the page and talk about the Iowa matchup. Uh, I guess maybe Malik Breneau continuing to look good in the post. And then McKenzie Bacco, I think there is a steady improvement as far as his abilities and what he could do to help Indiana here the rest of the way.
3: Yeah, I thought it was McKenzie Bacco's best game in an Indiana uniform. Um, at least, you know, certainly one of them. Um, you know, I think probably his best two-way performance. Um, you know, he he only shot 4-12 from the floor, but he made all four of his free throws on a day when obviously teammates didn't. Um, it was his first career double-double. You know, it was a game where you would imagine Mike Woodson probably had a word with him pregame about his rebounding, because if Indiana's going to play small, then it's going to have to be, and especially if Khalil Ware is not even available, then it's going to have to be a game where somebody picks up that slack. We've seen Indiana struggle to protect the defensive glass. Um, Illinois is one of the best defensive rebounding, or offensive rebounding teams in the con- uh, the country, um, despite the fact that Illinois does play small. So the point is, that it, it, you know, it was a, it was a game where Indiana needed more than just, you know, some some threes and some free throws from McKinsey and Baco. I thought it was his best defensive game, particularly given the the opponent. Um, again, the rebounding numbers and the and, you know I think bore out uh, told a certain story about his effort level, about his toughness and his intensity. I just I thought he played really really well. Um, and he's another one where if Indiana could have found a way to just manufacture, you know, a couple more good looks from behind the arc for him, maybe maybe things. Um, maybe things are a little bit different, but obviously that winds up not being the case.
0: Zach, we'll uh, obviously get into Iowa tomorrow on our Tuesday show for a full preview, but to kind of turn the page and think about that game on Tuesday night, Indiana does have a big week coming up as far as the potential to shift some momentum here with uh, Iowa and Penn State, Iowa. Uh, twelve and eight overall, I believe four and five in the Big Ten Conference. Uh, the Hawkeyes, they lost back to back home games to Purdue and Maryland, but did win at Michigan over the weekend. And of course, Michigan is having all sorts of struggles uh, here in conference play. but it's definitely uh, a week that Indiana could, turn the tables a bit again i don't know about ncaa tournament as you broke it all down for us but uh, this iowa game at home is one that indiana basically has to win needs to win for a whole bunch of reasons
3: no i think it's i mean i think it's fair and you know it is we're saying there is a little bit of ncaa tournament value in for the moment i think it still would be a quad two win um and if you're indiana you really can't you know if, if we are talking about the potential for a postseason, and this team's a long way away from it. But if we are talking about the potential for, you know, Indiana getting getting into a, a, a maybe even just a position to give itself a case, you really can't – you can't turn down quad ones or quad twos at this point. And then you get to the Penn State game, and you can't really afford to lose a quad three. So, you know, it's it's kind of – they're all big. This is the margin for error Indiana has left itself. I do think, you know, number one, Mike Woodson hasn't beaten Iowa. I was the only team in the conference Woodson hasn't beaten yet. <clears throat> excuse me i swallowed wrong forgive me i'm about to <laughs> cough in your air <clears throat> that's great great radio i'm sure i'm sorry
0: all good we appreciate um, your insight
3: uh it, it has been a matchup that i think at times indiana's really struggled to kind of figure out how to manage and again I, this is where i come back to what does mike woodson make of the way his team played smaller against um against illinois i not necessarily a small team everywhere They've still got the, the big freshman inside. Um, but they are a team that's going to spread you out. They're going to space the floor. As you said, they're not coming into this game in a really good moment themselves, and that can always kind of go one of two ways. On On the one hand, you can maybe – you know, maybe it's a team that's a little bit reinvigorated, a team that's a little bit refocused. On the other hand, maybe they're feeling a little bit, you know, directionless, and suddenly they've got to go on the road, and it's Assembly Hall, and, you know, Indiana breaks out a 10-point lead early in the second half, and it's loud. And do those guys stay together? Um, it, it's just, I mean, Indiana obviously can only deal with the challenge in front of it right now. That's Iowa. And as much as anything else right now, it, just, it feels like the challenge is just, you know, find a way to put together a win. And then and then find a way to make one win into two. And then two wins into three. And it's really easy for you and me to sit here and do this math. And, and you know, Mike Woodson and his players can't think this way. But, you know, if, if, for example, Indiana was able to win these two games this week and then go on the road and beat obviously an Ohio an Ohio State team that's has been pretty uneven. I think Indiana's, you know, probably got some some stuff left to prove to suggest it can do that. But then the flip side is imagine where Indiana would be. They'd be fifteen and eight, they'd have a quad one road win finally, they'd be seven and five in the conference, and suddenly we'd be kind of saying, Hey, you know, there aren't a lot of games on this schedule, absent maybe Purdue on the road, that look just absolutely unwinnable for Indiana. There is talent here. There is, you know, some genuine athleticism and skill level. And some young guys, we talked about Renew, we talked about Mbako, are really kind of growing into their roles more. Um, you know, maybe Indiana can put itself in a position where suddenly it can feel like it's, it's kind of attacking downhill a little bit for the first time in a while this season, maybe at all this season, if you understand what I'm saying. But the point is, you only get the benefit of that if you can do it. And I think Iowa, for a whole host of reasons, is going to be a a fascinating sort of stress test of where this
0: team is. Talking with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star, another text from the Thorntons text line, uh, do you guys think M'Baco will return next season? I know that's going to be a big deal as soon as we enter postseason for the IU program, but what's your early thought here as we start to get into February hoops?
3: Yeah, I mean – it's hard at this point and things can change quickly. Um, You know, I I think that I don't think there's a lot of NBA um, buzz right there, there right now. Obviously there was some when he was coming out of high school, I think he was, you know, maybe some of the preseason mocks had him as like a late first round pick, which was always felt a little bit projection, you know, in terms of, Hey, he's a, he's a top 10 player. We've seen him in these kind of elite environments. We think these are the, the potential he might have, But we need to see what he does in college. Obviously, it's been a pretty up-and-down freshman season so far. Um, You know, could he be a a guy who declares, goes through the process, and then evaluates his options? There's always going to be, I think, and, and I, you know, this is one of those where I want to be careful. This isn't sort of open speculation. Anytime you see a top-ten kid maybe, you know, struggle more than we would have expected in his first season in college, there's always that question of, well, might he enter the portal and go somewhere else? What I would say is if he, doesn't, if he doesn't wind up in the NBA draft, and again, you know, my perception, and admittedly, I, I have not had a ton of conversations with NBA people I trust in the last maybe month or so, but my perception is that his NBA draft stock is, is not, you know, sort of it, particularly robust at the moment. If Mbako does say, you know, does decide he'd like another year of college, um, I can make you a pretty compelling case. Indiana is a good place to do it. He's got a coach that I think is is starting to connect with him more, you know, sort of consistently. We're seeing improved performances from him. Um, And it's not just the numbers. It's just, you know, if you watch, I mean, he had a a moment uh, in the first half Saturday. I think it was Coleman Hawkins that Illinois pretty intentionally, pretty clearly intentionally isolated on. Mbaco, the idea being Hawkins is big, he's athletic, he's experienced, Mbaco has obviously had some real trouble defensively this season. And so Illinois just put Hawkins, put the ball in Hawkins' hands, Hawkins took Mbako all the way to the basket, and Mbaco's defense was perfect. He slid his feet, he kept his position, and he blocked the shot. He blocked the shot at the rim against a guy that probably has an NBA future himself. And so there there have been these moments where it's starting to click, and I guess what I would be curious about is just where McKenzie Baco is... Um, in his own kind of perception of what's next, presuming the draft isn't in his immediate future. Because I can make an argument that, you know, if you're Indiana and you can get, let's say, Malik Renew, McKenzie Mackenzie Mbaco, Trey Galloway, a couple others back, um, obviously you're bringing in Liam McNeely. And I know people don't want to think too much about next season yet, but you're bringing in Liam McNeely You'll have some minutes and presumably some NIL resources to throw around in the portal. It's not hard to, to draw a line toward Indiana being a, a noticeably better team next year. Um, but in the portal era, in the NIL era, all that stuff is, is always just going to be such a, such a moving target until, you know, guys kind of make the, make what clear what the decision they feel is best in their future is.
0: Zach Ostrom and the Indianapolis Star. Zach, let's close our chat today with a football question or a football topic. Indiana's going to have a spring game. It was announced last week in April, uh, the first year under coach new coach Kurt Cignetti. Uh, that's the first actual spring game. I think they've had some events uh, in the last few years where fans were invited to come meet the team and see them maybe go through some drills and practices. But it's been a while, correct, since there was a true spring game?
3: Yeah, that's true. I think three years, maybe. I want to say you're right. I mean, they've had some spring, you know, sort of, I guess, I don't know, pep rally type events or fan greet type events, like you said. But yeah, I think three years since the last open spring game. I'm not positive about that.
0: Got it. Got it. I guess that's a a change for Coach Signetti and probably an opportunity for him to extend some goodwill to the fan base as he tries to excite him about the upcoming year.
3: Yeah, I mean, I can't, um, you know, to be honest, I can't think of a a spring game that that has been this highly anticipated. You know, I I think you would have seen maybe some real buzz around a spring game in 2020. Um, And I don't remember if Indiana, I believe Indiana had one on the schedule that year, but obviously COVID wiped the spring season um, off the calendar. Uh, They, Again, I'm I'm struggling to remember exactly how it worked. I feel like they didn't have a spring game in 21. So maybe it has been since, you know, maybe 2018, 2019, somewhere in there. Um, but, you know, it, it, the point is, even if they had one in 21, it wouldn't have been open to the public um, because Indiana, uh, Indiana University's COVID rules at the time were pretty strict around that stuff. So the point is, I, it, it is the first one Indiana's had in a long while. It's also going to be, I suspect, the most highly anticipated I, I've maybe ever seen just in terms of new coach, new staff, a lot of momentum, a lot of potentially exciting new faces out of the portal and a few early enrollees. And then just a lot of questions, you know, a lot of sort of, well, what does this look like? You know, what's the formationally, how do things work? Who looks good at quarterback? Some of these guys from James Madison, do they look like they've they've taken the step up and in, in terms of maybe the demands of, of playing in the big 10 and, and that kind of thing. And then, and listen, I I will always be a uh, an ardent and unapologetic little five hundred homer, as somebody who rode in the race and still coaches a team in the race now. Um, But I I do think that you know this. It it it, it has seemed intentional to me the way this has all been presented that they're going to do this Thursday night spring game under the lights. Uh, two days before the race. So the spring game is not going to interfere with the women's race on Friday or the men's race on Saturday. It seems like they're embracing the idea of fitting it into the weekend calendar and just sort of saying, Hey, if you, if you're coming down for a little five or if you're, you know, in sort of the school spirit mood or whatever, why don't you start your little five weekend Thursday night at the spring game? And then that launches you into the races on Friday and Saturday. I have seen Indiana coaches in the past struggle to really understand why it is that their spring football season kind of had to share airspace with and, and to, to some extent take a back seat to, you know, an intramural bike race. And I think it says something, not anything, you know, earth-shattering, but I do think it says something about Kurt Signetti that he was able to appreciate very early and very quickly why Little 5 Matters why Little Five is can be a tool for him rather than a disadvantage, rather than something he's got to, you know, almost kind of program against, and the way he's embraced what is obviously a pretty important, you know, sort of campus event culturally in his first weeks and months on the job. I don't, I don't think that's the biggest deal in the world, but I don't think it's an insignificant thing either. Again, I have seen Indiana coaches in the past who have struggled to really kind of figure out you know, how to make a little five a blessing and not a curse for them, if you understand what
0: I'm saying. Absolutely. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. Great stuff, Zach. Appreciate you, as always, and we'll talk again next Monday.
3: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, as always.
0: All right, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star, our guest. Uh, Another text I want to get to on the Thornton's text line before we hit a commercial break. Texter says, The Iowa game has become a must-win game for Indiana. Uh, Definitely agree with you, Texter. And he goes on to write, and shout out to Landon Reed for scoring 27 points Saturday night, which is the most by a Floyd Central freshman since Pat Graham. Yep, thanks for sending that in. Landon has had, I think, an outstanding freshman campaign. Um, I know we had a little bit of an ankle issue there that sidelined him for a handful of games. But uh, he's uh, got a bright future ahead of him for Fonzo White And Floyd Central, there's no question about that. After Floyd lost the game to Seymour on Friday night, Floyd bounced back with a 58-55 win over Wrights at home on Saturday night. So the Highlanders having some struggles at times this season, but uh, they've got some opportunity in the future. And uh, obviously Landon Reed is uh, quite a player. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll uh, come back with Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director and IHSA Executive Board Member more local stuff with Chad I'm sure a lot of basketball coming up next stay with us here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison Mitch Craig, heating and cooling serving the Kentuckiana Air we're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison let's win this and for
2: all the small schools who never had a chance to get here
0: Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern
1: Indiana perspective. Let's win for coach. You got us here. Here's Matt
0: Dennison. And we're back on this Monday program. Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director and IHSAA Executive Board Member will join us here in just a moment. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450 coming up on Tuesday night. Indiana, of course, tonight you've got the Mike Woodson Coaches Show with Don Fisher Indiana-Iowa coming up uh, on Tuesday night here on the Big X. And then we've got Indiana and Penn State a little bit later in the week as well. Chad, welcome in. Uh, Girls basketball takes center stage in the state beginning Tuesday night at most locations. Um, It's girls sectional week. And as we look across the area, uh, there should be some great matchups, especially as the week moves along. And I know Charlestown excited to get to host some portions of the state tournament as well.
1: Matt, it's a great time of the year, and I hope everybody in the community get out and support their girls' basketball teams. They've worked extremely hard. It's a fast season, Matt. You think about that. That season starts early November, and we're wrapping up here at the end of January to squeeze 22 games in. That, that, that says a lot about what those girls have went through throughout the season to get that stuff in that fast, and I hope fans from all the local communities, get out and watch uh, the girls' basketball teams this week because there's some pretty special talent in southern Indiana when it comes to girls' basketball, especially if you look at the history of the success of our local teams in the 1, 2, 3, and 4A level. I look today, Jennings County's number one overall in the Sagarin ratings, Matt. I mean, that says a lot. You factor that in with the success of Bedford. You think of Lanesville winning the state championship last year and uh, the last Five years, you know, I think Silver Creek is 1-1, runner-up to 1. Salem has been a runner-up. Corden was a runner-up last year. Uh, Austin is 1-1. Brownstown has been there. Uh, Charlestown went back in the Abbey Conklin days. Pekin Eastern is 1-1. North Harrison has been runner-up twice. That's just – and Scottsburg's success back in the day where they won two uh, state championships, that's just the mid-Southern conference. What's that say about our area? Of course, you know, New Albany with Katrina, then when we had our kids at Jeffersonville. That's, you know, I've, I mean, certainly has got pretty good girls' basketball hoops, and I hope that our fans realize that and get out and support our young ladies this week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Chad, a couple things that I'm focused on this week, and I'm sure that I, I'm going to leave something off because there's so many... Potential for great games and storylines to watch here with the girls sectionals. But, number one, if the bracket plays out as it should at West Washington, it should be Borden and Lanesville. I was talking with Zach Payne, the AD from Lanesville, earlier today on another matter. And, uh, you know, he he was saying that uh, he really expects there to be a wonderful crowd, maybe a better crowd on Friday with the four teams uh, playing on Friday night in the semifinals. Then at Floyd Central, they host the local 4A sectional. Um, Unfortunately, it's not going to involve, I don't think, local teams, but it should be, could be, Bedford, who's dominated, I think, 13 sectional titles in a row against Jennings County who actually is the favorite in that sectional this year if the bracket plays out as a lot of people think it will. And then the final note I'm paying attention to here uh, this season is or this sectional week is Providence. The the girls are really on a roll at Providence and be curious to see if they could string some victories together and maybe come out with a sectional championship at the end of the week.
1: Man, let's not forget the 3A sectional here at Charlestown. Scottsburg, I think, is going in as the favorite, but they've lost their last two. Uh, I think Corden's playing really good. Our Pirates are sixteen and seven on the year, Matt. They, they lock corns with Corden tomorrow night. Where if you're playing on our home court against us, I, I think everybody in that section is not wanting to do that. So I'm, it'll be exciting. It'll be a lot of fun this week. It'll be something that uh you know you don't have to be the best team to win, Matt. Come tournament time, you just got to be the best team that night.
0: No question about it. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, speaking of Charlestown. You had a special guest recently, uh, Purdue coach Matt Painter, was by to uh, check out uh, one of his uh, commits. Uh, you had a chance to catch up with uh, Matt Painter, whose Purdue team is having an outstanding season.
1: Well, Matt, you know, you think about this. We played Brownstown. He was there to watch his recruit, uh, Jack Benner, who is outstanding. And we had a lot going on that night, man. We had Element Ali. We had our kitty clinic. Matty Nipper, a girls player, scored a 1,000 points. And Coach Painter sat through all that. Uh, my superintendent, Mark at Purdue grad, he was happy as could be that he was there. He got to sit by him all night and ha- have a good time. But you think about that on Painter. He- he's already signed this kid. It's done deal. He's just coming down, check on him, show that kid support. It's not, a, it's not an easy trip from here to Lafayette. I mean, West Lafayette is a, is a three-hour drive no matter how you cut it. But he comes down to Friday night just to show that kid's some support. That goes a long way and i think that goes a long way in the state when it comes to recruiting if you think, if you look at all the indiana kids on purdue's uh, roster i think that's something that really goes appreciated throughout the state and uh you know coach painters he's no dummy he knows what it takes to win and you know it it's hard not to root for him and purdue to win a state or win a national championship man
0: yeah absolutely chad gilbert with me uh talking local sports chad I just can't get over we're We're getting ready to flip the calendar to February. The girls' sectionals are here. We're coming down the stretch as far as uh, boys basketball goes. We had Coach Manns on from Seymour earlier today talking about his team's at least share of the Hoosier Hills Conference Championship this year for the first time ever in their conference membership. And of course, we got into the sectional in the conference and hosting the sectional, much as we've done with you hosting so many events at Charlestown. It's, just, it's amazing to think we're this far through the season, and March Madness at the college and high school levels, it's going to be here before you know it.
1: Matt, did you touch on Coach Manns' playing career?
0: We touched on it a bit. He talked about that senior year at Michigan State he had, uh, obviously Big Ten championships, and his experiences with Coach Heathcote and how that translates uh, into his coaching even today at Seymour.
1: You know, a lot of people don't realize what kind of player he was. What an outstanding player. What an outstanding career. And what he's done at Seymour – is, is remarkable. He's he's an outstanding coach. You know he do, he does a good job and everything. But let's not forget this. Seymour's got some players, Matt. They shot the eyes out when they played us here. They are very very good, very very well coached, and that draw is going to be huge. And I think we have talked about that and touched on that several times of what a good sectional that one could be at Seymour. But you think about Seymour, what uh, Coach Mans is staring at. He's preparing for a sectional, but he's also preparing to host a. sectional a regional and a semi-state we host a sectional and semi a regional every year but you start getting on that three weekends in a row boy you want to talk about some hard work and dedication because it's hard to find workers you know you need ticket takers you need concession workers you need someone to man the hospitality a lot of stuff goes in there behind the scenes
0: no question chad gilbert with us on mondays chad good luck with the sectional this week we'll catch up soon very soon
1: Matt, everything you do for Southern Air Sports. Thanks for the
0: run. All right, thank you very much. Chad Gilbert with us Mondays. Have a great Monday. Back with you Tuesday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.